Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like building grid-scale solar energy in Ohio and producing gas with fewer operational emissions in Texas. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. As a professional welder, Shayna Ford uses Forge FX to practice over and over, which helps her improve her skills. The more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. The following podcast is a Dear Media production. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of Friend of a Friend. It's your host, Olivia Perez. Today, we are talking about one of my favorite things in the world. And this has gotten to a point where, like, I will go out in public, right? I will go to lunch, business meeting. I'll go to lunch with my friend's cousin or whatever, like just any type of public setting. And the person will look at me and be like, wait, you're a really big Succession fan, right? Like you are like obsessed, right? Like you tweet about it and like post about it all the time. And I'll sit there and nod my head and be like, yes, that is me. I am obsessed with Succession. Hands down, one of my favorite shows ever. I'm obsessed with the writing. I think the characters are so strong. And I've really just fallen in love with the show. So I'm a proud fan. If you've been a longtime fan of the show, you actually know that we've done a few Succession episodes on the podcast. We've had Hunter Harris on the show two times for season finales of Succession to recap, debrief, theorize, summarize, do all the things. It's been so much fun to have her on. If you are someone who has not watched Succession yet and you are starting from the beginning, I highly recommend going back and listening to those episodes because we have so much fun. And I love Hunter. If you don't follow Hunter, go follow her. She is one of my favorite voices in pop culture. I would say she's also a succession archaeologist in a way. And she runs an amazing newsletter called Hung Up. It's all about pop culture. Go check it out. She's hysterical. Follow her on Twitter. Do all the things. But so I've had her on a few times. And for this season, I really wanted to dive into the fashion because for me, so much of what I love about fashion is its ability to tell stories whether it's me wanting to almost like embody a different personality some days and changing the way I dress to the way that we see it on screen. I think Succession has proved itself to be an incredible platform in the marriage of fashion and cinema and the way that you can portray a person's state of mind, being their role in the story, their place of power, and how the two can really create a beautiful piece of art. I think what's also really interesting about the conversation between fashion and Succession is it's almost ushered in This entire new era of fashion in what I'm sure so many of you have heard is called quiet luxury, or as people like to call it, stealth wealth. I've said this so many times on the pod. I love fashion. I think it swings like a pendulum. I think we get so obsessed with these trends. And then three years later, we're on the complete other side of the spectrum. And for me, that's really fun to watch from a societal perspective. One, how quickly we are to kind of turn the page, but also society's desire to constantly keep up with these trends and do things even if they're polar opposite of what we've been doing for the past few years. So I think quiet luxury, stealth wealth is really interesting because I think fashion to me feels really aspirational. And I think that logo mania was a huge thing. People loved wearing the Fendi logo, 
the Celine logo, I, I think especially when it comes to luxury brands, we think of logos first. Like their logos are so identifiable and wearing a Celine bag with the two C's can really feel like a status symbol to some people. Even look at Louis Vuitton, which is the biggest brand in the world. All of these things are pieces that people aspire to have in their closets and a symbol of being a part of the fashion industry. People want to be a part of brands. They want to feel part of that community. They want to feel included in the fashion industry. So this feels like a really wild departure for me from anything I've ever seen as someone who has been in the industry for over 10 years. So before we continue, for those of you who might not be familiar with Quiet Luxury, it's exactly like it sounds. Quiet Luxury are these pieces that are made for every day. They feel very run-of-the-mill, but major brands are leaning into creating these everyday pieces to make collections feel more wearable. So here's how I like to describe Quiet Luxury. It's one of those things that's like, if you know, you know, or you'll know it when you see it trends. It's definitely an industry insider trend. It's like if someone walks down the street in a perfect black pant, a black cashmere sweater, and a pair of flats, and I'm wearing that exact outfit. Quiet Luxury is the person who's wearing a $1,500 Laura Piana black sweater and a $1,200 pair of slacks from the row. Meanwhile, my look is probably all from Aritzia and J. Crew. Quiet Luxury, again, is that if you know, you know, if you know that perfect turtleneck sweater from Laura Piana. It really leans into minimalism. I wouldn't say it's like norm core, but it's definitely an elevated version of that. I think of it as very minimalist and soft. A lot of beiges, a lot of monochrome looks. It's just very chic. A really good reference that I love to pull up if you're still wondering what it looks like, Gwyneth Paltrow during her court case. She was walking into the court every day in looks that were blowing people's minds, which was so funny to me. These looks were impossibly chic and incredibly simple. Again, she was wearing a beautiful cream cashmere sweater with matching beige pants, a black midi skirt with combat boots, a button-down sweater, a black cardigan, and a white button-down. These are all things that you'd think you could go to J. Crew and grab, but meanwhile, her outfits, and I think people were actually telling this up on TikTok, were close to $60,000, $70,000. Again, items, if you know, you know. She was head-to-toe, the row, the combat boots were Prada, cardigans, all of these incredible incredibly beautiful, well-made investment pieces. It was chef's kiss. So that is a perfect example of quiet luxury. Gwyneth Paltrow obviously killing it. We'll be right back after a quick break. This Small Business Month, we have teamed up with Adobe Express to bring you all of the tips and tricks to use today to elevate your business or brand. Adobe has taught me so many things. So definitely sit down, take notes because you're going to learn so much. Our small business tip of the week is to utilize your available resources and maximize your dollars. For example, you don't need to be a designer in order to generate professional quality marketing or trendy content like social media posts. I love to use Adobe Express because it provides thousands of free, beautiful templates covering everything you need from social media content to posters, greeting cards, and so much more. A tool like Adobe Express can serve as its own marketing team and it's available for free. I've been using it for so long, especially as someone who's on social media and has my own podcast. I have zero graphic design experience, but Adobe Express has allowed me to keep everything in-house because it's so easy. Seriously, it's made for anyone regardless of any skill level. With Adobe Express, you don't have to start designs from scratch. Instead, you can have a head start on any project you're working on and can get inspiration from thousands of free templates that you can customize to fit your brand's aesthetic. There are templates for everything you need to get started, from designing your logo to social content, flyers, and so much more. And with Adobe Express, you can edit everything all in one place easily. 
including removing photo backgrounds, animating text, and adding your brand color scheme to any asset with one push of a button. It's all efficient and free. No matter your business or side hustle, you can use Adobe Express for everything from designing a new business logo to creating social media content, marketing assets, and everything in between. Whether you're an entrepreneur, small business owner, leader, influencer, or career-driven superstar, you can all expand your marketing division and start creating today free with Adobe Express, available on all of your favorite app stores. There are also plenty of tips and tricks to get you started at adobe.com backslash express. You guys know I'm always on the hunt for new brands and new designers to bring to the table. I love being able to revamp my closet and work with new designers that I think are doing something really different and cool. And one of them that I love that I have been wearing nonstop is Vionic. Vionic is a shoe brand that harnesses science to make shoes that bring balance to our lives. Whether I need sneakers for long walks, smart casuals for the office, shockingly comfortable heels or slippers to recover, I've recently turned to Vionic because they offer shoes for every day, all day, and every occasion, and feel really good. They have an exclusive Biomotion technology that aligns and balances the whole you from your feet first. I really believe that shoes should be comfortable. You should be able to go wherever you want throughout the day and feel really good, and there's nothing worse than having your feet hurt, especially as someone who has had a bad back in the past two years. There's nothing more important to me than being in shoes that support my whole body. And the brand was first created by scientists who have proven that notion that balance begins with our feet and moves through our body, so they get it. I've been wearing a pair of flats from them nonstop. They're a black ballet flat. The second I put them on, I immediately felt supported. And they're so easy to throw on with anything. A summer dress, jeans and a tee, you name it, they're there for you. What I also love about Bionic is they have a 30-day risk-free trial. There is no reason to not try and buy. You'll wear them, love them, and if you don't, you can return them for a free refund within 30 days if you're not satisfied for any reason, but I'm sure you will be. You guys can use my code FRIEND at checkout for free shipping at www.bionicshoes.com. Let's get back to the show. I think what was really interesting about this whole thing is the fact that that moment actually happened really close to episode one of season four of Succession. There's a scene from episode one, which if you're watching, you cannot forget It's when everyone assembles at Logan Roy's incredibly large penthouse for his birthday and Greg brings a date. Tom goes up to Greg and says, everyone is talking about your date who has committed a faux pas, as he called it, saying that she brought a ludicrously capacious bag, which instantly got turned into a meme that I'm still seeing today, almost a month and a half later. It was a giant Burberry tote. And I want to break this down a little bit because For those of you who might have not gotten the joke, in New York City, I think the one staple piece in everyone's closet is a large, almost oversized tote. When I was in college or when I was working an office job in those years after college, I would leave my apartment in the morning and have a massive tote with me that would be able to get me through my whole day. So I'd be wearing a pair of flats or sneakers to commute to my job because I was taking the subway and I would have to walk a ton of blocks. I would then in my tote bag, change into a pair of heels or mules to be at the office. And then when I would leave work, I would change back into my sneakers, usually have a different change of clothes or maybe a cute top as I was going to go meet friends for dinner and then change back into my sneakers to make it home. Having a big tote in New York City is ubiquitous with living in New York City. You're commuting. You need things for your whole day. So much of living in New York City for me was being out all day and literally just going to sleep in my apartment. So again, this large tote is ubiquitous with this idea of being a commuting New Yorker. You could really identify a rich person in New York City 
when you see someone walking down the street with a massive pair of heels on and had the luxury of being able to take a tiny mini bag around with them because, you know, they were being driven around, picked up. They weren't having to commute and they had the luxury of being able to wear these things that are uncomfortable and wouldn't get you five blocks. So this moment was so funny for Tom to kind of call out Greg's date, the commoner, to have this moment happen at the same time as Gwyneth Paltrow's court case obviously sparked this major moment in fashion where people were talking about this shift away from loud, big pieces to things that feel a little bit more understated and also gave that wink to, if you know, you know. But I think this is also going all the way back to February. If you guys have been listening to the pod and you heard my recap of Fashion Month in February, one of my favorite shows was Bottega Veneta. Bottega, to me, really flipped the switch for a luxury house to be leaning into quiet luxury. There was a look that came out that Kate Moss wore that I think sent an audible gasp around the room when she did. She was in a perfectly tailored pair of jeans, a white tee, and a blue-green beige flannel button-down. This look could have been worn by anybody. It was the everyday, casual, walking down the street, walking my dog, going to get coffee. However, it's probably going to cost you $20,000 because this one is Bottega Veneta. The entire collection really, I think, was the initial spark of this quiet luxury, obviously coming from such an incredible, well-respected, adored fashion house, to lean into these everyday staples that are perfectly tailored, well-made investment pieces really lit the signal for these other brands to dive into this. I was on my Instagram scrolling the other day and I passed by a who, what, where Instagram with an image of a fashion runway in the background and in giant, bold white letters, it said wearable. And the caption for the post was, what is the fashion buzzword right now? It's wearable. And again, in that same episode where I talked about my recap from the month, I said that there had never been a time in fashion where I'd seen more wearable pieces on every runway. There had not been a time where I'd sat in every show and said, oh my God, I can't wait to wear that. Oh my God, I need that piece, that piece, that piece, that piece. Usually I find that fashion shows are a little bit more extravagant. They feel a bit more theatrical. But this season really leaned into those everyday pieces that people want to wear. So naturally, these luxury brands are going to follow suit. So this has been brewing for a few months now. Here's my take on it. While I think that this really luxurious, ultra chic, understated moment works for some moments in my life, I definitely don't want to make my entire fashion identity around this. I think it's something to lean into right now as are most trends and trends are fun to play with and experiment and find different iterations of you through fashion. But I love fashion because I want to find these different exaggerated versions of myself, take risks on my aesthetic, learn something new about myself by wearing things that feel different and fun. And so to kind of keep myself in this like one very rigid lane doesn't feel like it's for me. You guys know my favorite Vogue writer, Jose Criales Enzueta, who was on the podcast a few months ago and also my Gossip Girl co-star. He wrote a story that was like me. I don't want stealth wealth. I want kooky luxury. And I died for this story because that's how I feel too. I feel he said something in there about, you know, feeling more drawn towards people who take these risks with their style. If I'm in a room with a bunch of people and I see a bunch of people and I see everybody wearing the same black suit or, you know, turtleneck or any of these things, and then I see someone wearing like, you know, a Miss Sohi dress, I'm going to go towards that person. That's just my personality. And these are the reasons why I love fashion. Something that I've thought about a lot, especially as I'm wedding planning and starting to think about my dress and things in my orbit that I'm putting together for this moment that's obviously so momentous in my life. 
is a lot of feedback I keep getting is, oh, you want it to feel timeless. You want it to feel, you know, something that you'll look back on in 40 years and think it's perfect. And anytime someone says that to me, it's, you know, if I'm looking at something that feels a little bit more fashion forward and more fun and something that feels like me, it begs the question, if we want something to feel timeless, does it also have to feel kind of boring? And I think that's where I just draw my line with quiet luxury is that fashion for me is supposed to be fun and adventurous. And I think that while it can work for some people, I think something for me that I will continue to work on in my style and I encourage everybody who's listening who loves fashion to do the same is how can we create things that are timeless but not feel restrictions around that? How can we create things that are timeless in our own way and maybe our own definition of timeless but have that unique spark to who we are as people and what our style preferences are? We'll be right back after a quick break. When I first started out as an influencer, content creation was truly the Wild West. No one knew what they were doing. No one knew where this was going to go. I had no idea how to reach out to brands, price myself, pitch myself. I really had no idea where to begin. I recently discovered something called Creator Source, and this is something I wish existed when I was starting out as a creator. I probably would have had way more skill sets, but I still feel like content creation is the Wild West. Most creators out there make great content, but have no idea how to monetize it. That's where Creator Source comes in. It's a platform that provides all the tools and all the strategies that creators need to price themselves and negotiate brand deals with confidence. Maybe you're struggling with understanding how to pitch yourself to a brand or how to even reach out to a brand. Creator Source will help you there. They'll also show you how to price yourself and give you a game plan that builds you a custom plan for signing brand deals. What I really love most about them is they'll go through and do a social audit. They'll make recommendations for your page, updates you can do, and create a clean media kit that stands out from the rest. They have so many other tools as well, like a rate calculator that teaches you how to price yourself for any brand deal today, five-minute trainings that can help you learn from some of the best creators on social, templates that give you tested and proven emails for talking to brands and help you find creator leads at brands you love. So for those of you who don't know where to begin, look no further. And really amazing stat, most Creator Source users actually sign brand deals within four to six weeks. Using Creator Source is truly an investment in yourself. As a creator, I believe that there is nothing more powerful than having knowledge and data. And that has been the biggest driving force between my career and my growth. And exclusively for friend of a friend listeners, Creator Source is offering you guys a 15% off discount for new members. Visit www.getcreatorsource.com backslash friend to sign up today. That's www.getcreatorsource.com slash friend. Life is always changing and your furniture should be able to change with it. For all of my friends who are moving for the summer, maybe starting college, moving into their first apartment, I have an amazing recommendation for you that's not only sustainable, but will also help save the bank. With Court Furniture Rentals, you can get the furniture and services you need to help make every life transition as seamless as possible, because truly, there is nothing worse than a move. Whether you're making a short-term, long-distance move, relocating to a new place, moving to a new city for the summer, starting a new chapter, or simply just don't want to be tied down by owning furniture, Court has the solution for you. All you have to do is go on their website and simply pick the furniture you want then get their expert teams to deliver it and set it up. The furniture will be there when you need it and gone when you don't. The best part, you're going to be making room for something new without leaving a mess behind to clean it up. 
Court will pick up what you've rented without lifting a finger. And by renting, you're also supporting a more sustainable way of living. It's an easy, breezy way to be able to experience everything you want in life from anywhere. And you can get Court Furniture on your terms with Court Furniture Rental. Visit court.com backslash podcast. That's C-O-R-T dot com to learn more and find the furniture package that best fits your life, your needs, and where you want to live. I hope you guys love it. Go check it out. And for all of you moving around the world, please send me a postcard. Now let's get back to the show. Some people that I think Quiet Luxury does work for are the Roys. So let's get into the fashion of succession. As I mentioned in the beginning of this episode, one of the things that I love about fashion is its ability to tell a story. And I think that there's no show that really does this better than Succession. I feel like if you go back and watch season one to now, their style, where they're at in their lives, what they're wearing, what they're expressing to us as viewers, a really good example for this, in my opinion, is Shiv. And if you're on TikTok, I feel like there's been so much discourse around Shiv's style. In season one, she had long hair. I remember she was wearing that like fair aisle sweater in the beginning. She wasn't working for her dad. She had a little bit more of like a softer look. She was extremely liberal in that first season. And she had a little bit more of like a happy-go-lucky, easy, soft look to her. Whereas today we see her with the short bob constantly in power suits as she is now, you know, working within the company, competing with her brothers, trying to keep up with the boys, should we say. And again, the Roys are titans of quiet luxury. The entire show, to the average eye, their style might seem boring. They are wearing some of the most expensive Brunello Cuccinelli suits in the world. They're wearing Laura Piana, Ralph Lauren, and so many other brands that behind the scenes have a really high price tag. I remember in the early seasons of Succession, Kendall became infamous for wearing the Laura Piana hat. It is a $600 hat with a Laura Piana logo on the front incredible status symbol and actually kind of went viral during that time and a major bump for Laura Piana too. So again, masters of quiet luxury wearing some of the most expensive clothing in the world. Michelle Matland, the stylist, I really think does such a good job with creating these character arcs because at the end of the day, I think what every character on Succession is wearing is an exact indicator of where they are, of their power in that exact moment. And succession is all about power. So being able to use fashion as the indicator of where each character is at on this journey, I think has been so genius and so amazing. Shiv in the season has been really interesting for me style-wise. There was huge debate in this season, episode one. She was seen wearing what people think was like a skims bodysuit with a drawstring pant. It was very loose and definitely out of character for her. And I feel like her style this season has definitely fluctuated. We've seen her in a lot of suits. Alexander McQueen, Tom Ford, Ralph Lauren, Max Mara. But something that I think is really interesting about the fact that she hasn't been this major fashion power player is the fact that she's always falling a little bit short in all of these elements in her life, whether it's her relationship with Tom or the fact that her two brothers got to take over the company after their father passed away. We don't see her dressing like Jerry, for example. Jerry at Connor's wedding was a major slay to me. Truly one of my favorite outfits of the entire season. She's wearing a gray two-piece skirt suit from Scaland Theodore. She paired it with pearls around her neck and a matching hat. It was giving old money luxury. Jerry was dressing for the job she wanted in this piece. By the way, the brand Scaland Theodore, I have a bag from them. That's one of my favorite bags ever. 
They're definitely a brand that I would say if you're looking to up your wardrobe, lean into the quiet luxury, definitely look into them. I believe they're Australian. But this look absolutely slayed. I felt like even in that moment where Roman went up to her and basically told her she was getting fired, she still looked so powerful. Like I knew that she was going to come back with a power move and that there was no way she was being fired. And that was a perfect example of how wardrobe can really indicate what someone's about to do or their ranking status and ambition on screen. And I really wish I was seeing more of that of Shiv, but I just don't think that's her story arc. I mean, we even saw her two episodes ago when she found out she was pregnant in bed in one of Tom's old Minnesota shirts, which I thought was absolutely hysterical and a great nod to her kind of very entangled relationship that she has right now. But we're really seeing Shiv kind of like in my mind, I feel like she's just like out there with a big smile on. But behind the scenes in the past two episodes, kind of falling apart. Even her hair at Connor's wedding, if we're talking about party faux pas, her hair was like in a very loose, kind of messy, tied ponytail. I feel like Shiv is just showing up where she needs to show up right now and get shit done so that she can feel quote unquote safe in whatever the situation is. I did really love seeing her in the last episode in Norway I felt like this was the first time I saw her a little bit more tailored and definitely an indicator of what went on in that episode. She wore this gorgeous Altuzara blazer that I thought was stunning on her and definitely a little bit sexier than her usual blazers. And then that moment in the office before they went to Norway where she was in kind of a low cut vest over like a flowy white blouse. Definitely this episode, I saw a little bit more of her femininity and sexuality come out, especially as we culminated in that moment with her and Matson. The wardrobe was definitely giving like I could seduce this guy and get the deal if I really wanted, which I think could be really interesting. Even though I don't always agree with Shiv's style from a power perspective, I think that the decisions that they're making for her fashion for the sake of the plot line makes so much sense. It's an incredible way that they're using fashion as a way to tell her story and show these moments when she's in despair or when she's just trying to regain power again. Kendall is definitely the funniest dresser in my mind. He is constantly in the most expensive outfits. He's wearing like $600 sunglasses, Tom Ford suits constantly. There was even that joke in the beginning, I think in episode one, where he was quoted some like Buddha saying and Roman looked at him and was like, nice Tom Ford's Buddha. Can we move on? The guy is always dressed so sharp. But I think obviously that feels so indicative of who Kendall is to me. He is constantly aspiring to be the CEO, constantly aspiring to be the top of the top. So he's, of course, going to dress the part. But I have to share my favorite dressers in the entire series of Succession. The Nan Clan just does me in. When they were at their insane mansion and Naomi Pierce walks out to greet the Roys and she is just in the chicest outfit you've ever seen in your whole life. It was like a perfectly tailored black shell top, white slacks. She had her short bob gorgeous black sunnies, pearl drop earrings. She was absolutely killing it. When she walked out to greet the Roys, I instantly knew that the Roys were just not in a position of power. That look was a killer outfit. It made her look so powerful and definitely in control of the situation. I'm obsessed with that outfit, definitely copying it all summer. And it made me want to cut my hair short, which I'm not going to do, but I have been thinking about it almost every day since that outfit debuted. I also think the entire family looked incredibly chic. It was giving very coastal grandma, Ralph Lauren button downs with a turtleneck underneath, belted slacks. It was giving very Diane Keaton and something's got to give. It felt like a really incredible contrast from the Roys who looked very like New York, rigid, almost like kind of boring in a way. You saw this family of women who were incredibly chic, 
it kind of also made me want them to win in that moment. And that's the power of fashion. Just being able to see them in these like softer, chicer looks versus the Roy's who kind of looked like they were power hungry and just coming in to take all their money. Again, big shout out to Michelle Matlan, the stylist of the show. I think she does such an amazing job. Obviously, I had to do an entire podcast talking about this moment. I think Quiet Luxury is here to stay for a while. I think we're going to see a few seasons of these incredibly gorgeous investment pieces that feel like everyday wardrobe that you and I can get from Aritzia and J. Crew. And I think we're going to see fashion in a moment of a lot more wearability, pieces that people are excited to buy, see things on the runway, because at the end of the day, it's a safe bet for brands. When brands take a risk on logos or crazy designs, they're definitely putting a risk in how their customers are going to follow them. I think a really good example of that is Balenciaga's last show. After all of the insane controversy that surrounded Balenciaga, their last show played it incredibly safe. It was simple black dresses, simple silhouettes, no prints. This show, you could tell, was a moment where they needed to recoup from a lot of losses. And how are they going to do that? They're going to bet on the safe thing, the pieces that they know will sell to everybody and not just their luxury fashion clientele. It'll be interesting to see the rest of the season and how Quiet Luxury succeeds succession. I want to share a few brands that I love that you guys can look at right now that create incredible pieces that if you feel like leaning into the quiet luxury aesthetic, here's a good way to go. I love Shona Joy. Also, if you are getting married and need a wedding dress or bridesmaid dresses, wonderful place to go. But I love their suiting. I have a beige suit from them that I wear all of the time. It is so well made and definitely a piece that I'll have for a long time. As I mentioned earlier, Scalon Theodore, such a cool brand, I believe based out of Australia, and they make really wonderful pieces. Camilla and Mark as well. I think a lot of these brands are actually Aussie brands, which I wonder what that says about Australian style. I think about Christine Centenera, who created Wardrobe, which is all wardrobe essentials, obviously high-end, obviously investment pieces. But maybe the Aussies have a thing or two about high-end, elevated, gorgeous basics. If you're not looking for investment pieces, I would say go to your local Aritzia, J. Crew, Club Monaco. All of those places will get you really beautiful suits so you can exude that quiet, luxury, chic, simple lifestyle without the price tag. I hope you guys love this episode. I love talking about fashion on screen. It's so much fun for me. For more behind the scenes of fashion tips and styling advice, you can follow me on Instagram. I'm at Liv Perez with two Vs. And if you haven't subscribed to the show yet, please subscribe on any of the platforms you listen to and leave me a review. I love hearing your thoughts, feedback, things you want to hear more of and more. I hope you guys have an amazing week ahead and I'll see you all next week on a new episode every Monday. Thanks for tuning in to this week's episode of Friend of a Friend. Before you go, make sure to rate, review, and subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and at tiermedia.com. And for more behind the scenes of the show, visit us at friendofafriend.us and follow me at Liv Perez on Instagram. Don't forget the two Vs. See you next week. Please note that this episode may contain paid endorsements and advertisements for products and services. Individuals on the show may have a direct or indirect financial interest in products or services referred to in this episode.